You're listening to the Sitting in Traffic Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Vesey. Come along for the ride as I drive to work and talk about fantasy football. Good morning. Welcome into the podcast. I am your host, Daniel Giese. I am on my way to work. Uh, Today is Monday, November 8th, 2021. Thanks for listening along. Uh, You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Sitting in Traffic Pod, as well as on Twitter at Sit in Traffic Pod. If you have a question for the show that you'd like read, um, email us at sittingintrafficpod at gmail.com. Uh, And don't forget to make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you don't miss any episodes. Let's get into our weekend recap. Weekend recap. All right, so for our weekend recap, we're going to take a look at a few of the games that I feel like had the most uh, fantasy implications this weekend. Uh, The first game we're going to look at is the Ravens and Vikings game. The Ravens outlasted the Vikings 34-31 to in overtime. A uh, very high-scoring game, which is what you love to see for fantasy football. For the Ravens side, Lamar Jackson had 36 fantasy points, 266 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. He also added 21 carries for a season-high 120 rushing yards. Uh, you just love that upside of his rushing ability. He's basically a running back one and a quarterback put together uh, makes him one of the safest quarterbacks in all of fantasy football because even if he struggles through the air and doesn't get you many yards or touchdowns in a week he's going to add enough rushing yards to make up for that Um, and so he was one of the higher scoring quarterbacks on the week um, thanks in part to the 12 points he got from his rushing yards Um, but he also threw for three touchdowns in 266 Uh, And so you love to see that. He's solid. You're starting him every week. There's no question about that. Um, He's a top five quarterback every single week, regardless of the matchup, because of what he brings to you on the ground. Uh, Marquise Brown, who was one of my locks of the week, uh, had 20 fantasy points in PPR scoring formats. He went nine for 116 on 12 targets. So you love to see that. Very solid week from a guy who surprisingly has not started in a whole lot of leagues. Uh, I think he was only started in about 50 to 60% of ESPN leagues this week, um, but he should be started in a lot more leagues. He is very, very quietly having a very good season. Devonta Freeman had his best game as a Raven. He had 13 carries for 79 yards and added a receiving touchdown for a 16-point day in PPR formats. Uh, Mark Andrews unfortunately let you down. Um, he only hauled in five of his 10 targets for 44 yards. On the Vikings side of the ball, Kirk Cousins gave you a solid game with 170, I'm sorry, 187 yards and two touchdowns with no interceptions, and he also added a rushing touchdown on the ground um, for three touchdowns total on the day. Justin Jefferson started the game on fire with a 50-yard touchdown catch, but was held to just two catches for 19 yards the rest of the way. So definitely a solid game with 17 PPR points, but probably not as great as you were hoping for after that early touchdown. Dalvin Cook gave you another solid week with 17 carries for 110 yards and three catches for 12 yards for a total of 15 fantasy points. You would have loved for him to get in the end zone in this game, 
um, but it just didn't happen but he still gave you enough yardage to make up for that and still had a solid day uh, Adam Thielen bailed you out of his bad week with a touchdown but ultimately only hauled in two of his seven targets for six yards um, with one of those catches being his touchdown very late in the game so uh, he definitely didn't bust for you this week, but he didn't boom either. So you were hoping for a better game um, in a high-scoring matchup against the Ravens, but unfortunately he was kind of the odd man out uh, this week and wasn't able to do much through the air. Moving forward, you're obviously starting all of these studs um, from the two teams each week, but with Latavius Murray due back most likely next week, I'm not really considering Devonta Freeman in anything other than a deep league as a flex play if I'm desperate uh, because I believe that when Murray comes back, he's going to regain that RB2 role. The reason I say Murray's going to retain regain his RB2 role is because Lamar Jackson's their RB1. Uh, with, he led the way with 21 carries and 120 yards this week. He's their run first option, um, so any running back after them is automatically slotting into an RB2 role just because of the amount of volume um, and production that Lamar puts up each week. But I think that when Murray comes back, he'll be definitely startable as a flex RB2 consideration, depending on the matchup for you. Mark Andrews is still obviously a, a top five tight end. He's going to continue to produce. You just got to start him every week. And, you know, unfortunately this week was a little bit of a down week, um, but I'm still throwing him in my lineup every week. No questions asked. Next game up, uh, Buffalo lost to Jacksonville in a very weird and low-scoring defensive battle. Uh, they lost 6-9. to nine. Um, For a game with a 49-point over-under, you're definitely hoping for a lot more fantasy points out of this matchup, especially considering Buffalo was a two-score favorite. I think the final line I saw, they were favored by 14.5 points, and it definitely didn't work out that way. Um, I don't know what happened to the Bills' offense today, um, but it definitely didn't go the way you were expecting. And therefore, you were disappointed by pretty much every fantasy option that you played in this game, um, with exception of maybe the Bills' defense, and if you were bold enough to start on the Jags' defense. Like the rest of the Bills' offense, Josh Allen was held out of the end zone this game and finished with only 264 yards and two interceptions with no touchdowns. He did manage to add 50 rushing yards on the ground to bring his fantasy point total up to nine points, but it definitely wasn't the type of game you were hoping for against the struggling Jaguars' defense. Uh, my assumption is that this game was just a fluke. Um, he was missing two of his offensive linemen this game. Uh, and so I think the Buffalo's offense is too good to be shut down two weeks in a row. I'm starting Josh Allen, no questions asked next week against the Jets, which is another easy matchup. They're going to be heavily favored in this game again. And I believe that Buffalo will get back to their high-powered offense that was averaging 30 to 40 points a game. Um, before these last two weeks where Miami's defense slowed them down a little bit in the first half and then Jacksonville shut them down the whole game. But I, I trust the Bills. Um, I think they're a very good team, and I think they're going to get back on track next week. So I'm starting all my Bills players um, without hesitation. Stephon Diggs led the way for the Bills receivers in this game. Uh, he hauled in six of eight targets for 85 yards giving you a very good, um, but certainly not what you were hoping for, 14 and a half points in PPR leagues. Um, again, without any touchdowns to be had in this game, all of the players um, that you were hoping for big games didn't really deliver. Um, but I think you're okay with 14 and a half points in a PPR league from Diggs. It's not going to win you the week, but it probably didn't cost you the week either. 
Uh, in PPR leagues, you were probably happy with the 11 points that Cole Beasley got you, thanks in part to his eight catches on 11 targets. But in standard scoring leagues, his 33 yards probably didn't get the job done for you. Um, and so, again, if you played Beasley in a PPR league, you're probably happy because those eight catches resulted in eight points. But in a standard scoring league, he only managed 33 yards on those eight catches. Uh, and so that 3.3 points that he would have gotten in a standard scoring league probably busted for you this week. Emmanuel Sanders grabbed four of his eight targets for 65 yards to give him a solid 10 points in PPR points. But again, you were definitely hoping for more from him in this matchup. But considering the Bills were held to only six points on offense, again, you're probably happy that you managed to get 10 points out of Sanders. Uh, Devin Singletary continued to unimpress in the ground game. Uh, he's been struggling all season after the very first week where Zach Moss was a surprise inactive and Singletary looked like he was going to run away with this backfield, no pun intended. Um, but he only managed 16 yards on six carries in this game. But he did manage to add 43 yards on seven catches to give him almost 13 PPR points on the day. So if you were bold enough to start him or desperate enough to start him, you're probably happy with those 13 points you got from him, even though he didn't get into the end zone. Uh, Zach Moss did leave the game early with a head injury. Um, I don't have any more news on that right now as of the recording right now, but it, later on in the week when we have more news, um, I'll definitely share that with you guys on a future podcast when it comes out. On the Jaguars side of the ball, it was announced shortly before kickoff that James Robinson was going to miss the game with a heel injury, um, and so hopefully you were able to find a replacement for him. Uh, I know it was kind of last minute, but we were kind of hearing rumblings throughout the week that he was limited um, and might be a game-time decision. So hopefully you had a backup plan in place for him. Um, but if not, hopefully you were able to at least grab Carlos Hyde off the waivers, um, who filled in for Robinson. Hyde had 21 carries, which you love to see, um, but he only had 67 yards out of those 21 carries. It was a tough matchup against the Bills' defense, so you obviously weren't expecting a whole lot out of Hyde. Um, but you like to see that he got the volume. Uh, but my, ex my expectation is that Robinson is back next week, which would relegate Carlos Hyde to a backup role once again. So again, you're probably not starting Hyde moving forward unless um, Robinson misses another week. Aside from Dan Arnold, um, the Jaguars tight end, no one else really impressed you on the Jaguars side of the ball. Arnold hauled in four catches for 60 yards on seven targets to give him 10 PPR points on the day so that you were probably happy with that. Um, if you had to start Arnold in your leagues. Um, but other than that, you probably really weren't um, too happy with any other Jacksonville wide receivers. Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, um, James, or Jamal Agnew really didn't deliver for you. But again, that's more due to Trevor Lawrence's um, poor performance. He continued his disappointing rookie season, um, even though they did manage to pick up their second win of the year. Um, he just didn't have a great day. He only managed 118 yards with no touchdowns and no interceptions against the Bills for a meager five fantasy points. Um, unfortunately, I think until the Jaguars add some better offensive pieces around him in the offseason or in the draft, uh, you can't really trust Lawrence to start for you in fantasy leagues. Um, we knew this was a tough matchup against the Bills going in, but Lawrence hasn't even performed well in the easy matchups, and so... To date, he's only managed to score 20 or more points um, in two games this season, and that's in six-point per passing touchdown leagues. 
uh, and including yesterday's game, he has had three games with less than 10 fantasy points. So he's definitely not getting the job done, um, averaging about like 15 points a game. And at the quarterback position in fantasy football, that's not really what you're looking for. So it's definitely not the start to his career that we were hoping for from a player that was being compared to Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning coming out of the draft. Um, so again, moving forward, um, you're starting all the Bills studs um, every week. You're starting Josh Allen. You're starting uh, Stephon Diggs. You're starting Emmanuel Sanders without question. Um, Cole Beasley's definitely a solid flex play as long as they've got a good matchup, which next week against the Jets, they definitely do. Um, but I, I really don't trust their backfield. I don't trust Zach Moss. I don't trust Devin Singletary. Um, the only way I'd consider probably playing one of them is if Zach Moss is out next week uh, with his head injury and Devin Singletary is going to get all the work. That would be the only way I'd consider Singletary in a flex position. But other than that, they just don't have enough volume to really get the job done uh, on the ground for you. <clears throat> on the Jaguar side of the ball, uh, I feel like, again, you're really not starting Trevor Lawrence unless you're in a super deep like Dynasty to quarterback league. Um, and Marvin Jones, I think, will still have better games ahead of him. He was kind of quieted today. Um, but, again, the Bills defense is good, so we kind of expected that. So hopefully you weren't forced to play Marvin Jones. But other than that, I really don't trust any of their pass catchers. Um, but keep your eye on Dan Arnold. He is quietly having um, a few good games in a row here. And so if he's becoming more involved in the passing game, uh, I think he might be someone worth starting moving forward, especially if you've got one of your stud tight ends injured or out on bye. All right, the next game up is the Browns, um, who smashed the Bengals 41-16. to um, Maybe Baker Mayfield does play better without Odell Beckham Jr. I, I'm kidding, of course. Um, Baker only threw for 218 yards and two touchdowns with no picks. Um, so he had an okay day, but not great, obviously. I think he's still bothered by that shoulder injury a little bit more than he'd like to let on. Uh, but it was the Browns' defense and Nick Chubb leading the way in this game. Chubb only needed 14 carries to get to 137 yards and two touchdowns, and he added two more catches for 26 more yards, giving you 30 fantasy points on the day in PPR leagues. Uh, it was a nice bounce-back game for Chubb after his disappointing game back last week um, coming off an injury. And there was never any doubt about this, but you're starting Chubb every week as an RB1, even when Kareem Hunt is back. Um, if any of you guys were kind of cautious about that after his low production week uh, last week. Again, he was coming off an injury. I usually don't trust players the week they're coming back from injury. I'd like to give them a week and see what they can do. Obviously, with a player like Nick Chubb, you're kind of forced to put him back in your lineup anyway, so you're definitely disappointed with his production last week. But I think this week kind of reassured you that he's back to his full health. He's back to his normal workload, and you know he's going to produce for you. So you're starting him every single week as an RB1. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had a nice fantasy day if you were bold enough or desperate enough to start him. He had two catches for 86 yards, including a beautiful 60-yard touchdown catch where he just boat raced everyone and got past everyone else um, and got wide open for a, a nice play over the top of the defense um, for that 60-yard touchdown um, to give him 16 fantasy points on the day. David Njoku um, only caught one pass on the day, but it was an 18-yard touchdown, so he ended up for a decent game for you if you were starting him at your tight end position. And Jarvis Landry, uh, disappointed, 
only catching three passes on five targets for 11 yards. Definitely not the kind of game you were hoping for from him after Odell Beckham um, is no longer with the team. You were kind of hoping that Landry would step back up, kind of get back into his high-volume role that he has been known for his whole career, uh, but that just didn't happen today. You're probably still starting Landry as a low-end wide receiver two or flex option moving forward, um, but until Baker Mayfield shows that his shoulder is back to full health and he's able to throw the ball around like he used to, um, I'm still probably not trusting Landry uh, unless it's a really good matchup. On the Bengals' side of the ball, Joe Mixon had another great game. Um, He's not getting the yardage you'd hope for um, out of a top 10 running back, only 64 yards on 13 carries in the game, but he's more than making up for it in the touchdown department. Uh, He added two more touchdowns on the ground today, um, bringing his season total up to nine total touchdowns in nine games, and so you're definitely happy with that because in the past, Joe Mixon has kind of struggled in the touchdown department as the Bengals' offense hasn't been that great. Um, but with the additions of Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase in recent years, um, their offense is definitely trending upward, and uh, Joe Mixon has definitely benefited from that in the touchdown department. He also caught all five of his targets for 46 yards, giving you a nice 28 points in PPR leagues for the week. Uh, Joe Burrow, who was my lock of the week at the quarterback position, was an absolute disaster yesterday, so my apologies if you started him. I started him in a league over Jalen Hurts um, and pretty much immediately regretted it as their first drive of the game got down to the three-yard line, and then Joe Burrow made a terrible decision, threw a pick six that went for a 99-yard touchdown the other way. Um, It could have actually been an even worse day, if you believe it or not. Um, He threw another interception during the game, um, which would have given him three interceptions on the day, but it ended up getting called back due to defensive penalty, and so he got spared from that. Um, So it was just not the game you were expecting for from him. Um, I think that first drive when the Browns defense got that pick six, it really swung the momentum in favor of the Browns, and then they really never stepped off the gas after that the rest of the day. Um, The Bengals are on bye next week, so Burrow will have to wait until two weeks from now when they take on the Las Vegas Raiders for a chance at a redemption game. All of the Bengals' pass catchers ultimately disappointed you this week because none of them managed to get in the end zone. T. Higgins had a decent game in PPR scoring formats with six catches for 78 yards, and Jamar Chase only managed to bring in six of his 13 targets for a meager 49 yards. Moving forward, you're starting T. Higgins and Jamar Chase every week. Um, they're, they're solid, and you know they just didn't happen to get in the end zone this week, so they kind of disappointed you. Um, but moving forward after their bye week, you're going to continue to start mixing as an RB1 every week. Um, like I just mentioned, you're going to start Chase and Higgins. Burrow, um, Tyler Boyd, and CJ Uzama, their tight end, I think are um, definitely worth working in on weeks with good matchups, but you're probably not starting them every week regardless of you know matchups. They're, they're definitely fill-in players um, who can you know, who you can use on a week where, you know, you have a player on by or a player injured that you need to sub in for them. From the Brown side of the ball, um, I really only have confidence in starting Nick Chubb each week um, and Kareem Hunt whenever he returns from injury. But aside from those two, I don't really have much confidence starting any other Browns offensive player on a regular basis. Again, it's this is mainly due to Baker Mayfield um, and how he's been struggling lately. I know he's dealing with that shoulder injury still and trying to play through that. 
um, but just the volume hasn't been there. The, the passing yards haven't been there. And the Browns have kind of shown lately that they're willing to try and win on the ground and with defense. And honestly, it's working. So I don't expect them to change from that. So moving forward, you're maybe plugging in Landry. Um, if it's a really good matchup, you're playing Baker if you're in a two-quarterback league or you're desperate. But other than that, it's really only Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt that I'm playing from the Browns team on a regular basis. All right, for our next game, the Chargers struck down the Eagles 24-21. This was a get-right game for the Chargers after they've lost the last two weeks, uh, after getting blown out by the Ravens two weeks ago and then losing at home to the Patriots last week. Justin Herbert responded by getting back to his old ways with 356 passing yards and three total touchdowns. Uh, so you're definitely happy with the game that he had. Keenan Allen had a nice game catching 12 of 13 targets for 104 yards getting you 22 points uh, in PPR scoring formats. A pair of Chargers tight ends not named Jared Cook each contributed with touchdown catches. Uh, Steven Anderson and Donald Parham Jr. had one touchdown catch apiece. Mike Williams had a quiet week with only two catches for 58 yards, so you're definitely disappointed in that. Uh, and in what was a great matchup against a porous Eagles run defense, Austin Eckler let down his owners by only getting you 11 points in PPR leagues by converting his 17 carries and only 59 rushing yards and only contributing three catches for 23 yards in the receiving game. On the Philly side of the ball, Jalen Hurts attempted only 17 pass attempts the entire game as opposed to the 39 rush attempts they had as a team. Clearly, the game plan was to try and beat the Chargers on the ground. Hurts finished with only 162 passing yards but managed to throw a touchdown pass this week and added another 62 yards on the ground on 10 carries. Um, Hertz's rushing upside basically makes him bust-proof, but at this point in the season, you were hoping for more production in the passing game from him. Hertz hasn't thrown for more than 240 passing yards in a game since week four, and he hasn't thrown for three or more touchdowns since week one. At this point, he's a low-end quarterback one for me, simply because of his rushing upside, making him basically bust-proof. Devonta Smith had a nice game with five catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. Uh, his very fine rookie season is being overshadowed by the season that Jamar Chase is putting up in Cincinnati. But I like Smith's upside in fantasy, even if it is being somewhat handicapped right now by Jalen Hurts' limited passing volume. Jordan Howard um, emerged from the Eagles' three-headed running back by committee this week, leading all Eagles rushers with 17 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown, followed by Boston Scott's 10 carries for 40 yards, and Kenneth Gainwell coming in a distant third with only two carries for three yards. Well, it was a nice game for Howard. I'm avoiding this backfield situation moving forward if I can help it. I feel like this is going to be a weekly revolving door of fantasy production based on matchup and game flow, and I really don't want to get left out in the cold betting on the wrong back in the week he comes in third in that pecking order. Dallas Goddard didn't do much for you this week at the tight end position, only catching three passes for 43 yards. But this was more of a result of game script and the fact that the Eagles basically abandoned the passing game in this contest. Um, that was the deep dive into um, some of the games that had the most fantasy relevance this weekend. I'm going to quickly recap uh, the remaining games from the Sunday slate. Um, no Kyler, no DeAndre, no AJ. No problems for Arizona as they beat the 49ers 31-17. to Christian Kirk was the biggest benefactor from Hopkins and Green being absent in this contest, hauling in six catches for 91 yards. James Conner also benefited from Chase Edmonds going out early in this contest with an injury, 
racking up 173 total yards and three touchdowns for an incredible 40 fantasy points in PPR scoring formats. Uh, if Chase Edmonds remains out next week, I expect James Conner to be a must-start in all formats. And for the 49ers, it was nice to see George Kittle back, six catches for 101 and a touchdown to lead all San Francisco receivers. Uh, the Dolphins swam past the Texans 17-9. Tua uh, was a surprise inactive with a broken finger, so his disappointing and injury-filled season continues. Um, but Jacoby Brissett managed to pull out the win in relief. The Broncos lassoed the Cowboys 30-16 in a game that wasn't as close as the final score indicated. Dallas had all sorts of problems on offense, as every fantasy-relevant player disappointed you this week. And the two-headed rushing attack of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams ran circles around the Dallas defense, with the pair combining for over 190 yards and 38 carries, with Gordon adding a rushing touchdown. Both players continue to be solid RB2 options moving forward, and if obviously one of them was to miss time due to injury, the, the remaining back would bump up to an RB1, um, in my opinion. The Falcons soared past the Saints 27-25. Matt Ryan had a solid day throwing for over 300 yards and three total touchdowns. Cordero Patterson continued his great season with 136 total yards. And Alvin Kamara continues to be the only Saints player that you feel confident in starting on a regular basis, putting up over 100 total yards and a touchdown yesterday. Um, until they figure out something at the quarterback position, I really don't trust any of the Saints pass catchers. If Taysom Hill does get the start next week, he would definitely be worth starting. In his four starts last week, um, not, year, not last week, last year, he had over 20 fantasy points in all four of those games. And so I would definitely be willing to start um, Taysom Hill moving forward if he does become the starting quarterback over Trevor Simeon. They briefly pulled Simeon um, during the game and put in Hill to try and spark some offense but then they reinserted Simeon back into the game. So I don't know what they're doing at the quarterback position moving forward, but um, until they figure that out, I'm just going to stick with Alvin Kamara, and that's about it. The Giants beat the Raiders 23-16. to um, The Giants' defense leads the way in a victory with a pair of interceptions. One of them was a pick six. Devontae Booker, who was my lock of the week at running back position, had a nice game rushing for 99 yards and adding 23 more through the air. Um, he didn't get into the end zone, but it's still a nice game with the yardage that he put up. On the Raiders' side of the ball, Darren Waller had a nice game, leading all Raiders receivers with 92 yards um, in, in their first game without Henry Ruggs. And I'll talk a little bit more about that moving forward on the news and notes section. Um, Patriots beat the Slipping Panthers 24-6. to The return of Christian McCaffrey was not enough to prevent the Panthers from losing their fourth out of five games. McCaffrey had over 100 total yards on 18 touches in his return from injury. I would only imagine that his workload continues to increase in the coming weeks as he returns to full health. Ramondre Stevenson um, continued his up-and-down rookie campaign with over 100 total yards on only 12 touches. I don't really trust him moving forward. Um, it's just not a consistent play. He's been a healthy and active multiple times this season, and so until... Belichick gives him a few weeks in a row of enough work. I'm not trusting him. And Hunter Henry got into the end zone to salvage his otherwise disappointing day. The Chiefs take down the Packers 13-7. to um, If this game taught us one thing, so the Packers should give Aaron Rodgers anything he wants this offseason when it comes to salary and offensive weapons. In his first career start, Jordan Love struggled mightily against a weak Chiefs defense, completing only 19 of 34 passes for 190 yards with one touchdown and also through one pick. 
He was missing open wide receivers all day, much to the very obvious dismay of Devontae Adams, who ended the day with only six catches for 42 yards. Aaron Jones had a quiet day with only 53 rushing yards on 12 carries. Um, so you're definitely disappointed by those two players if you started them in what was supposed to be a good matchup against a struggling Chiefs defense. Um, Patrick Mahomes continued his struggles against a sneaky good Packers defense, only completing 20 of 37 passes for 166 and one touchdown. Uh, the Derek Gore experience seems to be over after only one week with Darrell Williams out carrying Gore 19 to three um, on his way to 70 rushing yards. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were both held to under 70 receiving yards apiece, but Kelsey salvaged his fantasy day with a touchdown. So you're happy with that if you started Kelsey, but you're definitely disappointed if you started Tyreek Hill, which you probably obviously did. Uh, and in this, finally in the Sunday night game, Matthew Stafford gifted the Titans a win over the Rams 28-16. On back-to-back plays, Stafford threw an interception from his own end zone while trying to avoid being sacked for a safety, which led to a Titans touchdown. And then on the very next play from scrimmage, Stafford threw a pick six. Um, kind of dug themselves into a hole early on that was impossible to get out of. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup each had solid games with 98 and 95 receiving yards, respectively. And for the Titans, we learned that Adrian Peterson, at this stage of his 15-year Hall of Fame career, is not Derrick Henry. He managed only 21 yards on 10 carries, but bailed you out with a touchdown if you were bold enough or desperate enough to start him this week. And Ryan Tannehill had a difficult game against an elite Rams defense, only throwing for 143 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. But ultimately, it was the Titans' defense that led the way to the win, sacking Matthew Stafford five times and forcing two interceptions. Moving forward, um, you're starting your Rams each week. You're starting Stafford. You're starting Daryl Henderson, um, who went out with an injury, which we'll talk about in a little bit here. Um, You're also starting Robert Woods and Cooper Cup every week. Uh, On the Titans' side of the ball, I'm really only interested in starting A.J. Brown at this point. Ryan Tannehill is a matchup play for me um, and only in good matchups and at the running back position they're not replacing Derrick Henry with anyone that's anywhere close to his ability Uh, I think we kind of all knew that and so if you burned a waiver priority on Adrian Peterson you're probably stuck with him for now he is going to get some of the work but I don't expect him to have enough value in fantasy to be worth starting um, until he shows us that he's capable of doing that for maybe a week or two. So that wraps it up. Um, that was the recap of all the weekend games. And now let's get into some news. Breaking news. All right. So the first piece of breaking news um, is that the Bears are expected to activate running back David Montgomery off of the injured reserve to play in tonight's game. Uh, we all kind of expected that but it's just reassuring that we have that confirmation ahead of game time. Uh, In his first week back from injury, I don't expect huge things from him, especially against the Pittsburgh defense. I'll get into that a little bit more when I talk about the Monday night preview, Um, but he is supposed to be back this week, which means I'm also fading Khalil Herbert um, from leagues. He's not going to have as much workload, obviously, with Montgomery back, and so I'm going to fade both of those guys, and hopefully I'm not in a position where I have to play them. Um, But if I did, I would be playing Montgomery over Herbert. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence suffered a low ankle sprain in their game uh, against the Bills. The x-rays came back negative. There's very little structural damage. So hopefully 
Um, he's able to practice in a limited capacity this week and be able to play. Um, but as I mentioned before, you're really only starting Trevor Lawrence in two quarterback leagues. Um, if you're desperate, he's not a one quarterback league player that I'm considering at any point. Free agent wide receiver Deshaun Jackson um, announced on Sunday that he plans on signing with the Raiders. Uh, at this point in his career, he's not really worth someone um, who's worth a spot on your roster. He'll have maybe a big game or two um, thanks to his big playability, as we saw with the Rams, but I really don't like his upside going to the Raiders. There's just a lot of mouths to feed on that offense, and I'm not willing to start him in my lineup to hope for one big play that saves his day. Zach Moss left the Bills game with a head injury. Uh, as of the time of this recording, we don't have any more news on that, um, but I'll definitely share some with you later on in the week if we get some news on him. Daryl Henderson injured his ankle in the Rams' loss. Um, again, there's still no news on him yet. Uh, hopefully it's not anything serious. Chase Edmonds left early in the game with an ankle injury, um, which paved the way for James Conner, big, big day. Uh, Edmonds is believed to have suffered a sprained ankle and will undergo further testing today. And then finally, um, some news that we knew about last week, but Odell Beckham is expected to be officially released by the Browns today. He'll be placed on waivers, um, but the expectation is that he'll clear waivers without being claimed, um, which would make him a free agent, and he would be able to sign with whatever team he wants. And he's made it very clear that he wants to sign with a contender, um, so we'll see where he lands, and we'll probably have some news on that in the next couple days after he clears waivers. Sam Darnold plans to have an MRI on his injured shoulder. Um, we'll know more after the results of that MRI are available. Also, Russell Wilson intends to return against the Packers in Week 10. Um, that's his plan, but we'll see if that happens. Hopefully he's healthy enough to get back in the mix for Seattle because they desperately need him. And Bruce Arians said today that Antonio Brown is still in a walking boot. So at this point in the week, I don't expect him back for their Week 10 matchup. That's all for news and notes. Let's go to the Monday Night. Monday Night Preview. All right, so for our Monday Night Preview, uh, the Chicago Bears are at the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a 39-point over-under, so it's not expected to be a high-scoring affair. The Steelers are favored by a touchdown. David Montgomery is expected to return from injured reserve for this game, um, although the expectation is that he has a very small workload in his first game back from injury. Given that this is a tough matchup against the Steelers' defense, hopefully you aren't counting on Montgomery to win your fantasy matchup for you tonight. I still expect Khalil Herbert to get a decent amount of work in this game, um, but again, given the extremely low team implied point total for the Bears, I'm not expecting it to result in much fantasy value. Justin Fields has a tough matchup as the Steelers are 11th in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Fields has only thrown for more than 200 yards in one game so far in his career and has yet to throw for more than one touchdown in a game. Um, but just like Jalen Hurts, he's proving to have a higher floor than most quarterbacks due to his rushing ability. Last week against San Francisco, um, it was his best game as a rusher, totaling 103 yards and a touchdown on 10 carries. So Fields can find success running the ball against the Steelers' defense. I think he should have a decent game, but I really don't see much upside in him um, against this tough Steelers' defense and given his limited passing abilities. Um, and due to that, you can't really trust any Bears pass catchers. Um, 
so hopefully you're not playing any of them tonight. On the Steelers' side of the ball, you're expecting a big game out of Najee Harris, although the Bears' defense is ranked 13th in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. Harris has been having an incredibly solid rookie season, and in his last three games has gotten over 20 carries in each of them. I would expect the same level of workload in this matchup, uh, so you're definitely starting Najee Harris, and I think he'll have a, a pretty solid game for you, uh, mainly due to volume, but I also think he gets into the end zone here. You're also starting Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool at wide receiver in this matchup, uh, and you're probably only starting Big Ben in a deeper two-quarterback league, um, but he should have a decent game and be usable um, if you're extremely desperate. My prediction on the game score is Steelers 17, Bears 10. That'll wrap things up for our inaugural Monday podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back on Wednesday to preview some of the upcoming games for Week 10. Until then, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. Feel free to leave a review. Uh, and if you have a question that you'd like right on the show, email us at sittingintrafficpod at gmail.com. That's all for now. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks for sitting in traffic. Thanks for listening to the Sitting in Traffic podcast. Follow us on Instagram at sittingintrafficpod and on Twitter at sitintrafficpod. Listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Catch us next time while we're sitting in traffic.